Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. Okay. It is... God! 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 To be the man! You gotta beat the man! The 2-1. Swan Lane drive left hand! Water on his end! This is the Powers on Sports Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Powers on Sports Podcast, 4th of July edition. Appreciate you finding us on the various podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever else you, you might have found us. So we really appreciate it. Remember, I'd love to hear if you have any comments about the podcast that we're doing, have done in the past, or stuff you'd like to see us do moving forward at JPO Sports on Twitter. Would be a great place that you can let us know how we're doing. So I'd love to hear from you. Uh, again, 4th of July weekend here. A lot of stuff going on. We're going to talk to Peter Blake from the Sports Web. We're going to talk. We're going to wrap up the Stanley Cup uh, finals. We're going to talk. have a couple NFL notes. Deshaun Watson's case is getting adjudicated this week. Uh, we're going to talk the Tampa Bay Rays stadium situation. Is it Tampa? Is it St. Pete? Are they going to move? We're going to talk, have, a, have a lively discussion about that. And we're also going to hit some 4th of July traditions. Are you are you eating hot dogs? Are you watching the, the hot dog eating contest that goes on every 4th of July? What do you like to do? Fireworks for you and all that. Before we get to Peter and those topics, I'm just going to hit a couple little quick things. Wimbledon started this week. Uh, Serena Williams hasn't hadn't played a match in a year since her last Wimbledon. She played... On Tuesday, and she lost a marathon first-round match in a third-set tiebreaker. She is out in round one. Disappointing for uh, TV, ESPN. We'll be interesting to see what she ends up doing. Does she does she uh, pick and choose if she wants to continue playing? Uh, wouldn't shock me if she tried to finish her maybe finish her career at the U.S. Open. A lot of the traditional uh, American, big-time American players have retired after the U.S. Open, so maybe she. Calls it a career at the end of the uh, at the end of this U.S. Open. If she's able to continue, maybe she keeps playing sporadically. Again, if she's going to play, uh, I think she needs to play. Again, she's not going to play all the time, but she needs to play on a semi-regular basis because th- th- this popping in of popping in and out of a tournament once every four or five months is not going to be any good for anybody. So, especially Serena at her age and her you know with her weight issues and all that and the conditioning and all that that's required. I think if she's going to play, I think she needs to try to play on a semi-regular basis somewhere throughout the summer and try to get maybe through the U.S. Open if she wants to call it a career. Hell of a career. Unbelievable. You know, got the second most majors in the history of the women's game. You know, probably the the, the greatest player in this in the last 35, 40 years that's played. No doubt, Hall of Famer, you know, all-time Mount Rushmore of women's players. So, uh, shout out to Serena Williams. Hopefully she'll uh, continue and at least get to the U.S. Open. Men's side, you got Djokovic and Nadal are the heavy favorites. Um, hopefully Nadal can make it. Again, I think it'd be a classic. Uh, would be if you could have a uh, if you could have Nadal and, and Djokovic in the final. They are on opposite sides of the draw. Remember the Russian players are not in the tournament this year because of the ban of all the Russians. So. A little bit easier draw, but hopefully, hopefully, from a tennis fan perspective, we can see another classic Djokovic Nadal. Remember, Nadal has won both majors this year, so he is his, he's going for the Grand Slam in theory. Uh, not his best surface at Wimbledon. Hopefully, his foot can hold up. He's had some ish, issues with his foot uh, earlier d- during the year here and through the French Open. Hopefully, he can last. And again, would love to see a Djokovic Nadal final. Uh, two Sundays from now in London at Wimbledon. So uh, there's your Wimbledon. We got N- NBA free agency is about to get hot and heavy here right after the fourth. Kyrie Irving opted back into his last year of his contract with the Nets. He had talked about potentially taking a thirty million dollar pay cut and going to the Lakers for six million dollars. He was never going to do that. He was never going to give up thirty million dollars because that's just not the kind of guy he is. He is a greedy team killer. 
Uh, I wouldn't give that guy more. The only reason the Nets are giving him what they're giving him is because he had he had the option to opt into his contract. Uh, good for the Nets to not give him any kind of long-term extension. You would you need your head examined, head examined, and multiple head examinations if you give that guy a four or five year extension worth two hundred to two hundred fifty million dollars for what that guy's put teams through, his lack of commitment to the success of of the Nets while he's been there. To the shenanigans he pulled last year, the guy hasn't. The guy plays thirty games and expects to get thirty million dollars. Clown. Wouldn't have him on my team. He is a joke. Not a fan of Kyrie Irving. So, but NBA free agencies will be kicking off. You'll see some of these names that are going to be making some decisions here soon. DeAndre Ayton, uh, Zach Levine. You'll see some trades. Jalen Brunson sounds like he's going to the Knicks. Utah just hired one of the Boston assistant coaches to be the new coach in Utah. Question is, will, will a guy like Quinn Snyder pop up somewhere? Um, he left Utah about a month ago, so we'll see what Utah, what he does potentially. The Clippers signed John Wall, who's another guy that has uh, done nothing but stole, stolen money the last four or five years. He's making $47 million. Uh, Houston paid him $41 million to leave Houston. That, that That's all you need to know about John Wall is they paid him $41 million not to be there anymore. So, uh, And they also paid him like $40 million last year not even to play. So that just tells you all you need to know about John Wall's attitude or whatever when it comes to the team. Um, he's going to the Clippers. Uh, so we'll see how that, how that meshes with Kawhi Leonard, Paul George and company. Uh, Russell Westbrook has opted back in with the Lakers, so he's got one more year, like $47 million with the Lakers. Nobody will take that contract in the league. The Lakers are all thought of to be trying to make a big move for somebody to help LeBron and Anthony Davis. You know, there was talk about potentially Kyrie. We'll see what the Lakers are able to do, if anything at all. Uh, would the Lakers ever entertain the thought of trading LeBron? Interesting question. Um, same with the Nets. Would they ever entertain trading Kevin Durant? He's got multiple years left on a contract. So we'll see how that situation unfolds in the NBA. There'll be a lot of NBA talk with free agency here in the next uh, week or so. NBA draft just finished up. You had Bancaro go number one to Orlando. Holmgren to Oklahoma City. Uh, Jabari Smith goes number three to Houston. I like what Houston's doing. Detroit made some nice uh, selections as well as San Antonio. So again, uh, we'll see how those how those guys start to to, to fester and start to develop. So um, baseball, you have the haves and the have-nots in baseball. You got you got the heavyweights at the top of these divisions, the Yankees. You got the uh, the Giants, and I'm sorry, the the Dodgers, the Padres, the Mets, the Braves, and then you have a lot of have-nots. You got a lot of bad teams. Um, it's, it's not going to be a very good regular season, but the playoffs are potentially going to be really good. You got the Astros are really good, so you could have a potential Yankees-Astros situation. Boston, Toronto, and Tampa Bay all should be in the mix for as far as the wild card goes. Uh, probably only one team out of the AL Central, Cleveland, Minnesota, or the White Sox are going to make it. Same with the NL Central. You got Milwaukee, St. Louis, um, and then the out west, you're going to have the Padres, Dodgers, and Giants battling it out for a couple spots there for some wild cards, as well as the Braves, Mets, and potentially the Phillies. Bryce Harper, uh, broken thumb out four to six weeks, beamed by, uh, it's funny, his, not funny, but his, one of his good friends is the one that did it, Blake Snell, hit him, on the, hit him on the thumb. And then he had the huge brawl out in Anaheim between Seattle and Anaheim. Uh, disgraced what Phil Nevin did, ordered the guy to get hit. These, these pitchers that keep throwing that ball up and in at these guys' heads, it's a you know that's a that's a disaster as well. They should be suspended for big time chunks of time. Uh, you know what the, the couple of the Seattle guys charging the, the dugout in Anaheim not acceptable either. Flipping off the fans that's just unacceptable. But uh, major suspensions after that uh, brawl. Phil Nevin, the manager for Anaheim, got ten games. Some other guys got seven games. A lot of guys getting four and five games. So good for MLB for suspending those guys big time for that brawl because that's that's a that is a bad eyesore for Major League Baseball. All Star Game here in a couple more weeks in LA. So we'll see how that goes. All Star Game weekend, uh, week weekend and such, home run derby and all that good stuff. So kind of getting to be a quiet time. NFL training camps got about another month before they kick off at the end of July. Uh, 
college training camps for college football starts the 1st of August and all that stuff. So all that stuff will, will be heating up here as we move along. And we'll be, we'll be giving you some good information leading up to these uh, college and pro training camps starting. We'll give you some NFL previews. Peter and I, Peter Blake and I, are going to be doing a division-by-division division previews throughout July and August for the NFL. We'll give you some college, we'll have some college football guests, give you some conference previews and such as we move through August as well. Last bit of information I want to talk to you about. I got a professional opportunity that's going to make an announcement. I'm going to be joining the Press Box Live radio show uh, based out of Atlanta, Georgia. It airs in the state of Alabama. It's a, I'm going to be a co-host a couple of days a week. Uh, it's going to be broadcast again all throughout the state of Alabama on about 11 or 12 radio stations. Looking forward to a great opportunity with Mike Grace is kind of the executive producer and, and uh, host of the show. I'm going to be co-hosting with Mike and some other guys probably at least twice a week. It could turn into something additional as we move through the football season, but we'll see. But a uh, real good opportunity for me. Looking forward to, to uh, getting to, to uh, get on the air a couple days a week on some live, uh, live radio show that's going to be heard by people all throughout the state of Alabama. So all my Alabama peeps, all the people I've helped and befriended over the last 20 years, you better start listening. Check it out, pressboxlive.com. Is the name is the website you can go to. You can listen online. You can also listen on the radio stations all throughout the state of Alabama. It even reaches into the state of Georgia a little bit and a little bit of the state of Tennessee as well. So definitely would uh, looking forward to this opportunity. We're gonna be talking lots of uh, college football, SEC, Braves, baseball. We'll talk all the big topics. We have a lot of guests. Um, we have big time guests. We have national guests, guys like Tim Brando. We have uh, you know we have. You know, baseball guys, baseball insiders from these different markets. We'll have some guests that I'll be able to bring to the mix as well. Some guests you've heard on the podcast as well. So definitely looking forward to that opportunity. Again, big shout out to TJ Reeves. Thanks for the help, my man. Um, and all the support you've provided me over the last uh, couple of years. I really appreciate it. So, all right, Peter Blake coming up next. We're going to talk again, Stanley Cup, NFL, uh, Rays, stadium situation and such. So. We'll be right back with Peter Blake of the Sports Web. Want to make a quick correction? I think I told you the incorrect website address for our radio show. If you want to listen online, if you're not in the state of Alabama and you want to listen to our radio show, The Press Box, it is pressboxradio.com. I think I told you Pressbox Live, but it's actually pressboxradio.com. Love to have you listen. Every morning from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time, 8 to 10 Eastern Time. And again, I'll be on a couple days a week, usually probably Tuesdays and Thursdays for now. Uh, but I'd love to have you listen. Send us a comment how we're doing. So PressBoxRadio.com, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yours truly will be one of the guest hosts. Talk to you soon. Peter Blake coming up right now. All right, welcome back to the Powers on Sports Pro Podcast. Appreciate you finding us. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed our thoughts about the NBA free agency coming up, uh, upcoming Kyrie Irving we chatted about. But now it's time to talk a little Stanley Cup wrap-up. We're also going to talk a little NFL. we got a couple NFL news and notes that we're going to hit on as we head to the 4th of July holiday. And no better person to talk with to those topics about than my man Peter Blake, host of the Sports Web. And rumor has it might be a new uh, new line on the resume, a new gig for Mr. Blake. Welcome, yes. Peter. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? Yeah, CW44. I'm the new multimedia journalist. So uh, pretty great opportunity. I'm excited about it. And uh, we'll see what the future holds. But the CW44 here in the Tampa Bay area. Yes, sir. Mul yes, multimedia sir. journalist. Give the audience a little expectation of what that means. Well, that means not just sports. It also means news and, uh, you know, kind of heartwarming stories, being the face of the community, if you will, you know, trying to uh, kind of expand my horizons just a little bit. And who knows, definitely do some sports, especially during the weekends and possibly during the football season. Just saying. That's good, man. Well, congratulations. You well-deserved, man. I know you, we've been working hard and, um, you know, I announced on the front of the my, of my podcast, like, I've got a new, I've got a radio opportunity that I'm, that I'm getting an opportunity to, to do a uh, morning radio show. I don't think I've told you this yet. 
Then I'm going to be doing a morning radio show out of the, uh, basically going to be in the state of Alabama. Um, going to be doing a couple days a week and we're just two hour radio show. Uh, again, going to be on throughout the state of Alabama, all sports. So we're going to talk a lot of college football, a lot of NFL, baseball. I mean, whatever's going on, we're going to talk, but it's going to, it's a good opportunity. And the reason I mentioned that is because I want to thank the guy that's been very helpful to both of us, Mr. TJ Reeves, our buddy, mm-hmm. who I know has been very helpful for both of us trying to get some opportunities to do some different things. So want to give a shout out to my, our, our man, not just mine, our man, Mr. Reeves over there with, with the twin daughters. And I think the girls just turned 14 the, the last week or so, I believe. No, it, was today. it was today. It was okay. Today. And we're taping this on Tuesday. Yes. So yes, Tuesday, the twins, TJ and the, TJ's twins are 14, one year away from a driver's license. And I'm sure he and Mrs. <laughs> and he and Mrs. Reeves are cringing, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. He's uh he's getting ready to uh uh he's he's getting ready. You know, you know what I'm talking about. You're a father, he's getting ready to protect his daughters from the uh the the, the guys out there. But the vultures uh, of high school boys. Oh, I'm telling you, and I talk to him on a daily basis about this. So Happy birthday to the twins. Yeah, uh, that is the future of the Reeves family. And uh, TJ's just awesome. He's been an awesome friend and awesome mentor to me. And of course, uh, you and uh, I think, he, again, you know, we're the tag team partner, tag team of the world here, tag team champions of the world. He's <laughs> Freddie Blassie. He's the guy saying, uh, shut up, you pencil neck geeks. Uh, that's TJ Reeves to us. So there you go. Back. That's right. Love so. Him. Again, kudos to TJ. Thanks for all the help. And hopefully we'll make you proud at some point here real soon, doing our, doing some good work. Hopefully. All right, let's get to some lightning hockey wrap up some Stanley cup final Colorado wins a series, four games to two didn't end like we wanted it to end with a three peat for the, for the Tampa Bay lightning. Um, Let's first talk about just the historic run that the lightning were on again, making the three straight cup finals hadn't been done since the eighties with the Islanders. A yeah. couple of teams had won a, a couple of teams have won two in a row, but had not made it back to a third cup final. So first of all, I think I think I heard a stat they had played like 70 playoff games in the last three years, which is virtually another regular season uh, of, of playoff hockey. So just the the stamina, the physical will and and you saw a little bit of, they, they kind of wore down a little bit, had some injury issues throughout the playoffs, but just your general thoughts about the Stanley Cup final. Well, it's, it's amazing. You know, to me, game four was kind of the game changer. Uh, I feel like if that goes a different way, maybe the Lightning get a power play on it because I believe the refs missed that, the too many men on the ice. And I get it. People say, well, it's hockey. That's the problem. Maybe the NHL should review that rule and maybe have some replay on that if things could have turned around. But at the end of the day, uh, game six was disappointing because, you know, the first period, it seemed like the Lightning owned the game. And then after that, it was all labs and you, you know, only shoot the puck with two or three times in that third period. You're not right. getting it done. You have all those injuries mounting up at the end of the day. You're just way too much stuff going against this Tampa Bay lightning team. And that's why it's so difficult to, you know, let alone win one, but win two, and then you're trying the impossible, which hasn't happened. Jason powers since what the, the 84, mid- 84 Islanders. Yeah. And mid eighties there with the Islanders to win three in a row, just difficult hats off to the Colorado avalanche. They yep. were the better team. They were the younger team. We'll see what happens. And it certainly seems like listening to Vasilevsky and Steven Stamkos that there's definitely going to be some motivation for next year. And I'm here for it. Yeah. The only, the, only, the disappointing part that you, we go back to the game for too many men on the ice situation. The yeah. disappointing thing about, with me about that issue it's not necessarily that it was too many men on the ice because you you can nitpick that every almost every shift when they're making changes. It's that the guy that scored the goal was the sixth guy on the ice, and he right. immediately got the puck and scored. Had it right. been another guy involved and he didn't score or it was a 10-second delay, but he immediately got on the ice, received the pass, and went and scored the goal. That's the issue I have with that situation, um, not necessarily being six on the, on the ice because that happens a lot more than we probably even realize. Um, technically, but it's the guy it's when the six guys on the ice and he's the guy that receives the pass and scores within five seconds makes it an issue. Yeah, no, I agree. I absolutely agree with that. And then you get a good performance in game five. You get some hope you get to extend yep. the series, but once again, the abs wanted it, you know, again, hats off to them. 
Yep. They get it. We'll see what happens. There could be losing some free agents in the offseason. We'll see what the Lightning do with their free agents. But they're young enough. They still have this core intact. I think the big-time question, is Andre Palat going to come back? Is Nick right. Paul going to come back? Jan Ruda, you know, who is going to be leaving this team? Could it be an Alex Kalorn who didn't score in the postseason, which is, you know, highly uncharacteristic of him because he's always scored he seems like he's always a big player in the postseason. And, uh, you know, the injuries just mounted up. I mean, it's amazing. The significant injury to Braden Point. He tried to play through that torn quad. Yep. You have Sorelli. You have Ryan McDonough. You have Nikita Kucherov. So, look. Yeah, there was, a, there was a tweet today that came out that listed all the guys yes. that had significant, not just ankle sprains or minor stuff. We're talking major injuries that they played through either most of the playoffs or even the entire playoffs with yeah. significant injuries and we're able to to weather the storm and the other thing about this lightning run that's so historic even more so than the islanders is in the in the 80s there wasn't a salary cap sure this is the first time again in the salary cap era that a team's made the finals three straight times like this so that makes that that this accomplishment even a little bit more sweeter is that they've had to na navigate a salary cap losing guys and again i think you're right i think there'll be a couple changes on the roster like most every year Kind of like the Bucks did after they won the Super Bowl, they ran it back, didn't win, didn't win, lost last year in the, in the divisional round, and there were some significant changes this offseason. I think you'll see. I don't know about significant, but you'll definitely see some uh, tweaking of the roster this this offseason by Julian Brisbois and, and and John Cooper. And you have to trust in this organization that they're yeah. going to do the right thing because they've always done that. And look at their losses last year. You lose your entire third line, and you're still competing yeah. for. Uh, Stanley Cup. So anything is possible with this team as long as you have the core there with Stamkos, Kucherov, Point, Hedman. Uh, and I, I would hope they can get back Palat, but who knows at this point. He's definitely earned his money. He could go somewhere else. But at the end of the day, the grass isn't always greener on the other right. side. Again, it money is, but maybe he stays here for a little less money because this system is so great and this team is so great. We shall see what happens in the offseason. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. All right, let's talk a little Ray's stadium issue. In the last few days, there's been some rumblings. I know you are anti-Stu Sternberg. Yep. So we're gonna, this is, I'm going to give you a chance to, to vent here if you want. But, the, you know, there's talk about the Ray's, you know, stadium issue potentially not, not very positive for the Tampa market. Where the stadium's more going to be in the, maybe potentially in the St. Pete market. Your thoughts on the stadium situation and such as we move well, through the summer. Well, it just comes down to an owner once again being selfish. And to me, if he really wants to get a deal done in the Tampa area, like everybody wants him to get it done, he'll pay half for it. I, I don't understand it. Again, I, I don't really understand what is going to make this guy get a new stadium unless uh, he pays for half of it. I don't think uh, it's, I don't think it's realistic, honestly, for a community to pay for a whole stadium with, anything at this point with the inflation with, that ain't happening with the price of living right uh, with gas prices the way they are right now we're just in different times i don't think you're going to see a community do that and i nope. think it comes down to if major league baseball wants to be critical of the tampa bay area pay for the stadium yourself if Stu wants to be critical of the Tampa Bay area, pay for the stadium yourself or come to some type of compromise. And that hasn't happened. And at the end of the day, the Rays don't do enough as an organization. The blueprint is out there with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The blueprint is out there with the Tampa Bay Lightning and their ownership, especially Jeff Vinnick. And Stu doesn't get it. I don't think Stu ever wants to be here. The only way the Rays get a new stadium done is A, if he gets a sweetheart deal which is certainly a possibility because St. Pete is scared of it, uh, scared of him uh, and scared of this team of leaving, which I don't think there's a community out there that's going to pay for a full stadium. I just don't think we're mm -hmm. there right now with the, with the, with our, you know, economic structure right now with the economy. I think uh, I, I, I'm going to push back. I think Montreal, Nashville, Las Vegas, one of those three markets would step up to the pump. I think. Major League Baseball doesn't want it because if they wanted it, they wanted that deal done, it would already be done. What stopped this deal from being done? People well, I, I think the commissioner really wants to keep the team here in Tampa. Okay. But if they're, but I, and, and you saw this, the commissioner came out with some, some remarks in the last seven to 10 days about us, about the Tampa market in Oakland, that he wants to see something get done one way or the other here sooner it. rather than later. Pay for it. You know, honestly, well. pay, I mean, pay for it. If, if there's if there's some problem that you have 
And, and or listen, Rob Manfred needs to worry about his game. He needs to worry about his game right now because more people are staying at home. Why? Because ticket prices are high. You look at the raised ticket prices on the games that you want to go to that matter, like the Yankees, like the Cardinals. They're too high. Why? Why don't you lower those tickets so you can draw those fans? And fans are not coming out anyway. I mean, all across baseball, the attendance is down. Why? Because people can stay home and save money. They don't want to pay 5 to $6 for a gallon of gas. They have to worry about living at this point. So the remarks to me by Rob Manfred are a complete joke. They're a complete farce. And if they want to get something done, they being Rob Manfred and Stu Sternberg, either A, they need to come to some type of compromise, or B, pay for it themselves. And at the end of the day, I don't think the Rays are going to ever work because their ownership is poor. And until they spin to that limit where other competitive teams do, they will never win a World Series ever. <laughs> ever. Well, I mean, they're, they're to, off, to some on the field stuff. They're in the mix again. I mean, they're not going to win the division, but they're definitely in the mix for the wild card. I mean, the Yankees are running away with the division. The Rays aren't catching the Yankees as That's well. That's what the playing. Rays are. I mean, but, they are. but they're they're probably going to make the playoffs. You know, so you can't again another year of they're in the playoffs and you never know what happens. Again, I, I don't take the 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 view that you do that they'll never win a World Series. I think again it's more difficult, obviously, with their revenue situation and their spending ability. But part of it, I'm going to say, is and this is undeniable. Sternberg has put a competitive roster on the field. Is it the number one? No, but it's very competitive year after year. We're in playoff games. And the sad part is the fans come out in the playoffs. That's the part that's disappointing to me as a fan is our fans will come out for 35,000 for a wild card game or a divisional game, but we won't come out in August and July and September when those games matter too to get in the playoffs. Matters. But it matters to them more. It matters to them more. And, you know, Stu has not done enough to get the fans out there. You have Jeff Venick, who is endearing himself to the fan base. You have the Glazers who are doing everything they can to the endear themselves to the fan base. Stu has done give me an in, in all seriousness, give me, give me an example of what you think what, what does Vinick and, and Glazer do that Sternberg's not doing to get people in the seats? Well, Forget yeah. the pro because the product on the field is very similar. Com winning product. All three teams are winning. So it's what are the things that you see those guys doing that, that Sternberg's not doing? It's not the same. And I'll tell you why. You haven't won any World Series championships. If this is Tampa Bay, we're talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning. They've won three Stanley Cups already. Okay. Tampa Bay Buccaneers have won two Super Bowls. If you're trying to compete and get Yankee and Red Sox fans to can come over and be race fans, why should I be a race fan for a playoff team? I get it. They're a perennial playoff team, but they're not going to spend to the limit. They're not going to do everything they need to do. You've got an ownership that talks about a fan base like they're garbage. He's not happy that you're getting 15,000 uh, know, fans a night. I think it comes down to TV money, and if you want a new stadium – uh, my simple uh, question would be open up your books. Let's see what the books say, because I tell you what the books are going to say. Stu's making more money than he's saying, and fans are looking through that. They know that he has absolutely disrespected this fan base a long time, and that has come back to haunt him. Furthermore, not only not winning World Series championships when you're competing with Yankee and Red Sox fans, but also you're doing nothing during the weekday games. Why? Because you want to keep the fans away. You want to make your case to Major League Baseball to get out of here. Honestly, the only way that the Rays can ever survive in this area is if they change ownership. That's what it comes down to. Okay. Look, when you're used to filet mignon, and, and that would be you know Jeff Vinnick and the Glazers, and Stu Sternberg is giving you a hamburger – it ain't going to work, my friend. It, but it's not – but I'll say this. It's not cheap to go to a Buccaneers or, or Lightning game by any means. But the why tickets are, people, are very expensive. But the point is, why are people willing to go to those games? Because they believe they have hope. Stu has taken that hope away when you come out year after year saying, we can't survive. We can't sustain. Do you think blue-collar people want to hear that, Jason Powers, every year? Do you think they want to hear a guy who is a multimillionaire that won't even invest in his own product, that won't spend $100 million a year, and the excuse is, well, I'm not getting enough fans. The point and the reason why you're not getting a new stadium or why uh, he wants to stay in St. In Pete, the little dirty secret out there, is because he also wants that redevelopment fee. The Rays ownership is greedy, especially Stu, and fans look through that. They to be fair, through. though, 
The Glazers didn't pay a penny for Raymond James Stadium. They 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 held the mark the Tampa Bay market over the coals and threatened to leave. And the Tampa Sports Authority and the in the taxpayers had to foot the bill for the stadium. So that's, that's to be fair. fair. That's to fair be point. fair. That's a fair point. But and the Glazers get all revenues from concessions, concerts. It's not like the Tampa Sports Authority is getting a lot of those. Re- they pro- they might have a different deal now than they did, but the Glazers get a huge percentage of all those dollars for non-football events. But to be fair, the Glazers have done everything they can to make the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a championship contender or at least playoffs. Playoffs, absolutely. They have tried to do everything they can to make this team as good as possible. The Rays don't do that, and the fans know it. And once again, if you're used to a certain thing, if there's a blueprint out there that you put out there with the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're not getting the same thing with the race, and then you're you're trying to pull a sister city deal during a playoff chase. I mean, that just draws fans away. It makes fans upset. Well, the the hard part about the race relative to the Bucs and the Lightning is from the get-go, the, the Bucks and Lightning have always been in Tampa. There's never been a debate about St. Pete versus Tampa. Right. Where that's always been the debate with the Rays, as long as we've had them, is where should they be? What's the most ideal place for them to draw people, corporate sponsorship, all that stuff? And it's always been St. Pete. So we've never been able to see how productive or how much the Rays could draw in Tampa. So I think that's a part of, the, of this equation, too, that, again, we have to be fair about. I have to be fair about it, but has the ownership of the Lightning or the Bucks ever talked about their fans? Uh, there have been times when the Bucks, before Brady, the, the lean years before Brady, there were times when the Bucks were drawing 30,000 people, and it was, you know. So, so to that point, when they weren't spending money and they were saving money, how, and then they changed focus and started to spend money in free agency, what did that tell you? I mean, they were drawing more fans. They're not coming out and disrespecting their fans. That's what this Rays ownership has done, okay. especially too, throughout the years. You can't keep on kicking a dog in the teeth and not expect that dog to bite you. That's what the fans are doing. And, and I love it because at the end of the day, this is a fan sport. The fans run this, whether we like it or not. This is the lifeblood of sports. If you don't have fans, you don't have professional sports. Stu needs to realize that that's the way the Tampa Bay area is. And look, if I'm a Yankee or Red Sox fan, and I have that allegiance to those teams for so many years, and I get it, the Rays have won playoff games, but you're not going all in. You're talking about franchises that spend over $100 million that are going all in at all costs every year. Have the Rays ever done that? No. So why should those fans switch over? And then on top of it, you have a guy like Stu come on and say, yeah, I'm still a Mets fan. Oh, great. Well, Rays fans heard that. And also other fans heard that. So why would they want to bury their allegiance with their teams when you heard their own owner, the Tampa Bay Rays say, hey, I'm still a Mets fan. No, that's not how it works. That all that stuff right there, location. Yes, absolutely. And at the end of the day, how many years has this Rays organization had to go to Tampa and make a deal happen? And they haven't made it happen. Why? Because it's money. It's about Stu getting the best deal he can. And at the end of the day, fans don't care about the best deal you can get. They care about wins and losses. They care about championships. And they care about uh, basically being catered to. I always talk about it, a restaurant. You go to a restaurant. If you have bad service, are you going to go back, Jason Powers? Probably not. Okay, and at that restaurant. But if the food is really good, I might give it another chance. But if you that's the part about the Rays is the product has been pretty has been consistently good. Again, the service part of it, I I give it. I give you I give you full props. Hasn't been great, but the food's good. The 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 play on the field has been again. That's the part we can't debate. It's not like they've been a five hundred team for the last seven eight years. They've been in the playoffs numerous times the last 10, 10 years not good enough not good enough and you think okay. about it going back a couple years ago in the world series could he have used a couple extra pitchers guess what that would probably wouldn't have been a hundred million dollars could he have used a couple extra pattern well could the have world been series was more of a kevin cash problem than a pitcher problem i agree with that but you ran out of pitching at that point because you didn't have the pitchers you wore out your bullpen if you could have got a couple extra players at the deadline and made those trades aka Stu would have opened up his pocketbook and spent more money you may have not had that problem 
That's what it comes down to, and fans see through it, and they've seen through it over and over again. And the attendance has steadily declined because of it, and Stu wants it to happen. He is an attorney right now. He is a politician. He is trying to make his point to get out of the Tampa Bay area, and Major League Baseball basically told him that sister city deal was a joke. Okay, right. so unless they get a new stadium, unless they come together, I was talking about it, relationships and sports, you've got to compromise. One guy's got to come uh, to, to one agreement. The other guy's going to come to the agreement. And if where, do you, where, come, where do you think the stadium ends up? St. Pete, Tampa, or in another city? St. Pete. St. Okay. Pete. It ends up in St. Pete, and I'll tell you why. Because the Rays want the redevelopment fee. They've always wanted it. It's never been talked about. That's the reason why. The St. Pete keeps on dangling that little carrot out there. Well, if you guys don't settle on this, we, we're just going to go on and do the redevelopment. What that basically means is uh, once the Rays move out of there, then they're going to redevelop on that area. Well, the Rays want a part of that, and they've said from the very beginning, whether they go to Tampa or not, they want a part of that. People are not talking about that, but that is the thing. That who is owns, we're currently right now, who owns who owns the trough? Does the city of St. Pete own that property? They got a lease until 2027. Okay. This isn't going to run. This is going to be settled in the next 12 months, one they're way or the be, other. They're going to be in St. Pete. Okay. That's okay. All right. I hear you. That's good. All right. You listen to the Powers on Sports podcast. I'm Jason Peter Blake, host of the Sports Web and now CW44 multimedia journalist here in the Tampa Bay area. So congratulations on that once again. Let's transition to a little NFL, a couple NFL topics, and then we'll hit a little 4th of July coming up. Bronx retirement. He's announced his retirement in the last week and a half or so. Do you think he stays retired? Do you think you see him by training camp? Do you think we see him by week five, week six? Your thoughts? Anything is possible at this point. I wonder why it took so long for him to decide if he wanted to come back and be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. I'm not sure if it's money. I'm not sure if his body's broken down. I'm not sure if he's just having too much of a good time at this point. But as we know here, Jason Powers, this uh, NFL postseason has been absolutely crazy with Brady retiring for 40 days and coming back. I will say anything is possible, although there is a report out there that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could be interested in 35-year-old tight end Jimmy Graham. Now, is he going to bring that same impact that Gronk's going to bring? I'm not necessarily sure. I think Gronk is a major loss not only as a pass-catching threat, but also as an inline blocker for that passing game to protect Brady and also in the running game. So I think anything is possible. But if they decide to move on because they have about 10 to $12 million left over, still think they sign a Julio Jones, and I think Jimmy Graham could be a possibility. I think you're going to see the Buccaneers hold Pat at the tight end position. I think they're going to go through training camp, see what they have in Kate Otten, the draft pick. Cam Bray you still have. You did lose O.J. Howard to Buffalo. I think you. I think you'll see by week five or week six, you'll have a good idea where the offense is with or without Gronk, and I think that's when you'll see Brady, Jason Light, and company either make the call or not to Gronk. Hey, we really need you. We we, we take three more weeks to get ready and see him by week eight or week nine for, a, for basically a ten game season out of Gronk. That's what I think you're going to have to see happen. Um, unless there's a catastrophic injury beforehand, if there would be, maybe they do bring in a Jimmy Graham or a Jared Cook kind of guy uh, before that happens. But I think I, I would. I think you're going to see Gronk in mid-season. I don't think he's. I don't think he wants to be around the whole 17, 18 weeks. Um, I think. I think you'll see him week five, week six, week seven, somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah, and I'm kind of wondering what the impact is going to be without him for that first four games, right? Because it's a gauntlet. I mean, you have the Dallas Cowboys, you have the yep. Saints, you have the Chiefs there. Yep. And then who else do you have as a fourth game? Because I kind of, oh. Uh, Green Bay, I think. Green Bay? Yeah, Green Bay. Green Bay and, and, and Kansas City in those first four weeks. So it would be nice to have a Gronkowski back. But, you know, at the end of the day, guys suffered a major injury, you know, ribs and possibly yep. punctured lung. And he was yep. getting up. He was still an impact player. I hope he comes back because I think he means a lot more to this offense than people are giving him credit for. I mean, you look at the statistics, 80% of the snaps, Jason Powers, and you're going to miss that out of your offense. You think you're just going to replace that with a couple rookies and possibly Cameron Brait. Especially especially with Godwin potentially not playing the first part of the season as well. That's tough. That's tough. Uh, That's asking a lot for Tom Brady. Tom Brady is terrific. He is the greatest of all time, but – Definitely feel better about your chances with the Gronkowski. So we shall see what happens. And some people saying, uh, I think Adam Schefter and the agent 
Uh, Drew Rosenhaus coming out saying, look, it's a possibility that Tom could talk Gronkowski back into it. I think Tom has already been trying to talk him out of it and hasn't been able to do it. You kind of wonder if Gronkowski, if he does stay retired, does he go to a Vince McMahon who right now is under siege? With no, him no, no, and, no, no. And try to do something along the lines of that because he can't make some money. I don't know. Yeah, I don't you're, know you're, you're right. It's, it's possible. I think, I, again, I think, I just think Gronk wants no part of a training camp. He wants to, he wants to, you know, he, he can ramp up in about three, three to four weeks of when he needs to do. And I think you're going to see that come week one. Again, you'll see, I, I think you're going to see in week five, week six, somewhere in that neighborhood. Again, once the Bucks know what they have. And again, you'll hear, you'll hear behind the scenes. Brady will know quicker, sooner rather than later, what they have at Kate with Kate Otten at tight end, whether he can be a factor or not this year, especially. So again, you probably it probably won't get publicized, but again, you, you know Brady's in touch with Gronk uh, a lot. So yeah. uh, this the Gronk story is over. A sneaky a move the Bucks made, which I if you remember, you and I talked about it, and I called it like six months ago when the season was over. Bradley Pinion got cut. Mm-hmm. Salary cap issue. They draft Camarga out of Georgia. I told you that was probably going to happen. He didn't have a very good year, especially kicking off. Mm-hmm. So Camarga, as long as he doesn't, you know, spit the bit, he's going to be the Buccaneers punter and kickoff guy this year. Uh, rookie saves some money, all that stuff. You're just, you know, again, Pinion was a good player for a couple of years, but again, that's a move you have to make if you're the Buccaneers I to save some money. I think the whole entire special teams is under fire at this point. I think you should watch and see what Ryan Suckup and uh, yeah. Ho- Jose uh, Borgales do. Eventually, that's going to be a camp battle there. And anytime you draft a fourth round player in a Camarda out of Georgia, I think he's going to be your punter and most likely be your kickoff guy. And Pinion did do a good job, but how many people couldn't forget the two kickoffs against the Rams out of bounds? Yeah. Right that's not a good thing to do at all. So look, the Bucks looked at it. They looked at the value there. They found more value in the fourth round. Yep. And then on top of it, they saved $2.9 million. It seemed like an astute move by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as an organization. You got to save that money for Gronk in week five or week six. <laughs> or, or, or you go out and get a Julio Jones. Right. Or you go out and get a Jimmy Graham. I mean, you have right. some money to the good at right. the end of the day, Jason light, uh, everybody over there, you know, Spytech, uh, Mike Greenberg. They, they know how to manage that salary cap. Yeah, I like them to manage my wallet sometimes or my my uh, my credit report because they do a damn good job over there. All right, a couple more things. We'll get you out of here. Yeah. Uh, Deshaun Watson, the kind of the, the, the hearing is, is going on this week. Master. It sounds like they've already suge- – the way I read the, the CBA that you have to, you have to give the – you had, they had to tell uh, Watson 10 days before the hearing started what their suspension recommendation was going to be. So I think they already know. Sounds like they, the NFL is pushing for at least a year. And like you and I have talked about, I think you, I think they're going to give them more than a year sure. because of the volume of cases involved and, two, the way Cleveland manipulated that contract to where he's only getting – would only lose a million bucks in money this year by not playing. So I think, I think the NFL is going to give – Deshaun Watson more than a year they might negotiate it down but they're not going to negotiate it down to less than one one year's worth of games in my opinion it should be one year it should be one year or more I mean uh you're, you're talking about Ben Roethlisberger you know trying to yep it was it was what couple women there and rape charge and and he was able I don't think to, he ever got charged with rape right well, it, was an alle- it was an allegation yeah okay with a couple allegations this is totally different. It's like 24 allegations at the yep. end of the day. The Browns knew it. That's the reason why they structured the contract in the way they did with the $1 right. million dollars this year. They tried right. to be sneaky in the NFL, you know, needs to take a stand and, and, and kind of make an example out of the Cleveland Browns. And, you know, Deshaun Watson, I think the most disgusting thing about it is not only the accusations, and I get it, he settled with 20 of the 24 of them, right. but also the Houston Texans' involvement in that. They should also be penalized because if they knew – some of the things that were going on from uh, Mr. Watson and they were giving him non-disclosure agreements. And I've always not understood this, Jason Powers. How do you have all these resources with the Texans at your, your basically your fingertips, uh, pardon the pun there, with the massage and you're trying to get people. And this was reported, this was reported from somebody that was in the organ or a part of the massage organization. I believe it was gentle hands or something along the genuine hands or gentle hands. They said that they were worried about Watson 
because he was trying to go on Instagram and get anybody. They were worried about him getting COVID or giving the organization or giving the players on the team COVID. Right. So this was brought to the attention already in 2020. It was an open secret, open secret. Correct. So to me, I, I just, I don't know how the NFL doesn't make an example out of Watson, the Browns, and of course the Texans. No, I agree. I think, I think a minimum of a year, it, it would, I think he should get more. I, I think the reason I think he should get more than a year is because that second year, that contracts a ton of money. So if right. you suspend him for half that second year, he's probably going to lose $20 million in not getting that money for the first half of that second year as well. So that's how I would, hammer him and you also get the Browns attention for a year and a half. All right. Yeah. So that's just, I I think, and again, I think you're going to see a decision late this week. I think, uh, uh, unfortunately, I think you're going to see a news dump by the NFL, maybe on Friday or Saturday leading into the 4th of July holiday. That's a perfect time to dump this news. People are out of town thinking about the holiday and you drop this bomb at about four o'clock on Thursday, Friday or Saturday. That's the, if they do, that's a disgrace at the NFL. If they do that, that's a pure disgrace by the NFL. Well, it's a pure disgrace, but I think anybody's going to pick that up and they're going to. Just- oh yeah, they're going to. Yeah, they're, but it won't be the the headline news that it would be if they announce it on a Monday or Tuesday after Agreed. the fourth. Agree, but people are still going to talk about it. It's not going to go away. It's a messy situation that's right. getting even worse. You look at the Daniel Snyder situation, Goodell being involved in that. I mean, if that's true, I don't know if you've looked at this with Daniel Snyder and Roger Goodell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, how how is that grounds for basically being fired? And I don't—he can't be fired, right? I mean, but could bad PR? Snyder keeps refusing the subpoena. Right. He, he keeps not. He, they'll get him in court. You when when the Congress wants you in court, you're eventually going to be in court. You're not dodging Congress. If they get involved and they right. subpoena you, right. eventually you're going to be in a deposition. So what Snyder if- might avoid it for another month or so, but Snyder will be in front of a, of a whatever that hearing group is in Congress before it's over. But if you implicate Roger Goodell in that, well, how how is he not up for grounds of being fired? And I thought he is, but I don't know if it's Roger Goodell. It's more the ownership of of, of Washington and Snyder that scrut- being scrutinized again. Does does Roger Goodell probably know where some skeletons are buried? Probably, but I think Snyder is the guy that I think most people want to see get removed. And you kind of wonder, just to, you'll be a kind of a conspiracy theorist. Uh, you kind of wonder what John Gruden was talking about, or why Goodell didn't want those emails released in the first place. And if John Gruden wins his lawsuit versus the NFL, of course, I would be curious to see some of those emails if uh, you know some of that stuff comes sure. out about Roger Goodell. I mean, again, I've I've hated how he's handled these situations in the past, whether it was Ray Rice or Greg Hardy, until there was PR. It was a PR nightmare. Then you suspend a player. You have to do it right then and there. If your host stance is to protect the shield and you're going to say players have to protect the shield or represent the shield, then owners should be in the same respect. They should be in the same the same situation. You're not doing that. But remember, Roger Goodell works for the owners. I get he, it. He doesn't. He doesn't call the shots. He is directed on certain things right. that he is told what to do and how to handle it. Unfortunately. And the point is, the NFL Players Association are going to mention Daniel Snyder. They're going to mention Jerry sure. Jones. They're going to mention Robert Kraft, and they're going to say, you know what? Uh, you guys were lenient on them, and you're you should be lenient on Deshaun Watson. But there is no way in the world that the NFL Players Association can win that argument. No. At the end of the day, Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended as he should be, and you're absolutely correct, Jason Powers. He should be suspended longer than a year. All right, two more things we we'll get you out of here. So yes. Peter and I, in the month of July and August, we are going to do a NFL divisional preview. So we're going to give all the the fans divisional previews as we lead into the preseason and all that. So you're going to hear every division. We're going to break down every division. We're going to break down off season acquisitions and all that good stuff. So be on the lookout July and August where Peter and I are going to provide you guys division by division previews for every division throughout the NFL. So look forward to Peter and I doing those things as we get a little bit deeper into July. All right. We're coming up on the 4th of July holiday. Yes. This weekend, Monday's 4th of July. First of all, do you watch the? Uh, are you one of those guys that watches the uh, the cone, the uh, Nathan's hot dog eating contest with our buddy Joey Chestnut and those guys? Yes, or is I it do. The- 
I absolutely watch it. And uh, <laughs> I, I love Do you to barf watch afterwards it. and head yes, straight to I the do. toilet. I can't eat a hot dog afterwards. If I watch it, too much, <laughs> I can't eat a hot dog on that day. I have to stick to hamburgers. I don't know how they do it. You know, it's just watching. It's just like, they're just like hoovering the, the, the hot dog. It's like just horrific. It doesn't even look like he's enjoying himself. It just looks uh -huh. like, he's just you know, like my dog. My dog is like a water moccasin. Sometimes he's trying to chew inhale up. it. They just inhale those things, man. He doesn't even chew it. He just swallows it whole. I'm like, was that good? I mean, I'm living with two roommates right now and he stole a piece of chicken the other night. He didn't even chew it. And he's like looking to the side, like he's <laughs> having a seizure or something and he's just trying to get it down his, his gullet as fast as he can. So that's kind of like what it is there, that hot dog eating contest. Yeah. Be nice. If somebody would challenge, but what happened to Kobayashi? Did, did, did I know, right? I think there was a dispute or some kind of financial dispute or something. I don't know. Was he, was he caught taking PEDs? I mean, what did they, what, what, what happened to him? I mean, it was supposed to be the, you know, the big rivalry there with uh, Chestnut and Kobayashi. Now we just got Chestnut. Now they even have, now they even have a women's division. There's a women's division of this. What is the life expectancy of oh, a, 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 a competitive eater? Does anybody know that? Right. I mean, if, if, if the life expectancy for an NFL player is like 53 to 55 years old, which by the way, rest in peace to Tony Saragusa yes. passed away at 55 years right. old. I mean, what is the life expectancy for a competitive year? Forty-seven. I mean, all the cholesterol you're putting in at that point. I mean, how? Right, real that? quick, real quick. We got to go here in just a second. Where are you going to watch? You going to you a fireworks watcher? You 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 shoot off the fireworks in the neighborhood? Uh, no, I'm not going to shoot off no fireworks. Right. Uh, I can't even cook. I can't even not burn something. I mean, air fryer saved my life. So don't be a, don't be a JPP on us now. Don't be pulling <laughs> no JPP and come back to the next episode with. With three fingers, please. No, I can't do that. I, I got, uh, no, I ain't doing All right. that. I'm taking the chance. All right, but I appreciate, real quick, pump yourself real quick, hurry. Yes, the sports web, the evolution of sports talk television. I love St. Pete, the hub, and amped up sports. I'm out of here. All right, but I appreciate it. Have a great fourth, folks, and we'll see you next time on the Powers on Sports podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Sports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. And we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.